You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. It is, in fact, a tic-tac. Tuesday, which means it is time for this week's Tic Tac 4-Pack, where we step into the film room and break down from an X's and O's perspective the four most impactful plays from Sunday's game. And in this victory against the Ravens, I have two plays from the defensive side of the ball and two plays from the offensive side of the ball that I want to break down for you from a schematic standpoint. So excited to roll that out for you guys this week. Remember, I do have my tic-tac four-pack film breakdown that I put on Twitter as well. So follow me on Twitter at Tic-Tac-Titans so that you don't miss the visual breakdown to go along with today's audio breakdown on the podcast. Before we jump into this week's Tic-Tac four-pack, though, we need to talk about the most pressing issue for the Titans coming out of that victory against the Ravens, and that is the offensive tackle position. We got some news today on the injury to Ty Sambrello, and it is not great news for the Titans. So we will talk about what that report is on Sambrello and talk about what options the Titans could have going forward. And to harken back to our preseason editions of the Locked On Titans podcast, I am going to give you a duh option a maybe option, and then a WTF option as well. So we're going to break down the options the Titans have at offensive tackle going forward and then jump into this week's Tic Tac 4-pack, breaking down the four most impactful plays from the win over the Ravens. So a monster Tic Tac Tuesday here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. in the NFL due to obvious circumstances, we have seen a plethora of devastating injuries and the Titans are no stranger to that trend. Going back to week six against the division rival Houston Texans, the Titans lost starting star left tackle Taylor Lewan to a torn ACL for the rest of the season. Luckily, Titans general manager John Robinson in the offseason prior had brought in serviceable backup tackle Ty Sambrillo. So although Sambrillo is not the quality of player that Taylor Lewan is, Sambrillo was able to step in for the Titans offense and not single-handedly tank the team. He had put up a 65.9 overall grade per pro football focus, a 70.1 run blocking grade per pro football focus, and a 57.9 pass blocking grade in his 415 snaps this year. So he has been very solid and run blocking, has struggled at times with some of the better edge rushers. He did give up a forced fumble sack by Yannick Ngakwe on Sunday. But overall, Ty Sambrillo had done a very good job 
for the Titans being put into a starting left tackle role. But we are getting some concerning reports out of the game against the Ravens in regards to Sam Brelo. It appears that he has also suffered a season-ending lower body injury. That's the only information that we have at this time. But if those reports are true, then the Tennessee Titans for a second time this season will have to replace their starting left tackle. And obviously, options are wearing thin. But what options do the Tennessee Titans have going forward to deal with these two losses at left tackle? Let's dive into them. I will give you a duh option, which is the most likely a maybe option, which could happen, and then a WTF option, which would be the least likely to happen, but could be on the table for the Titans. So let's dive in to the duh option, and that's what took place when Sambrillo went out on Sunday, and that is inserting the next man up at offensive tackle, and that would be David Questenberry. So Questenberry in his career, has played in 12 games, 10 of those coming with the Tennessee Titans in the past two seasons. Now, while Questenberry has been considered a back end of the roster on the borderline of a practice squad player for a lot of his career, he did acquit himself very well in the 18 snaps that he took at left tackle on Sunday. He left that game with a 73.9 overall grade per pro football focus, 81.3 in pass blocking, 74.4 in run blocking. Of course, the pass blocking grade is aided by the chipping and the health helping that the Titans were giving him, but that chipping and helping was going to Ty Sambrello as well. So that's not really a change that the Titans offense is going to have to make if they decide to go that route. And that also allows Dennis Kelly to stay at his right tackle position, which he is much more comfortable with. Now, the other option includes moving Dennis Kelly to left tackle. So this would be your maybe option. This could be a possibility for the Titans. Dennis Kelly did play 358 snaps at left tackle last season for the Tennessee Titans. He had a 71.7 overall grade, 75.2 pass blocking grade, and a 58.8 run blocking grade. So he struggled in the run game, was solid in the pass game, but again, he was getting some help with chipping and things like that last year. In his 664 snaps at right tackle though he has a 60.3 overall grade 54.6 pass blocking grade and a 63.1 run blocking grade he's 61st overall out of 78 qualified right tackles so Dennis Kelly hasn't been stellar at right tackle compared to what he did at left tackle so the Titans could choose to put Dennis Kelly over to left tackle and insert rookie first rounder Isaiah Wilson now do they determine that Wilson is ready to go that remains to be seen but it is an option on the table for the Titans and after all Wilson is a first round pick it would be nice to get some value out of him considering you're missing two offensive tackles. This would be a perfect time to take advantage of the value of your first round pick. And then the last option, the WTF option, is a veteran free agent, Cordy Glenn. Cordy Glenn most recently played for the Cincinnati Bengals. He played 291 snaps for them, had a 68.4 overall grade, was good in pass protection at 76.9, was lesser in run blocking at 54.6, but he's only 31 years old, has played 97 games in the NFL and 95 starts. He could come in and compete for the starting spot. 
Now, obviously, what I think is most likely to happen is that Questenberry will slide in. The Titans try to keep continuity. Now, one kind of wild card option that I've seen thrown out there, I don't really give much credence to it, but just for the sake of putting it out in the airways, there is some thought that Roger Saffold could maybe move to left tackle, and then you could continue playing Aaron Brewer at left guard since he had such a stellar performance against the Ravens filling in for Saffold. So that's something that I've heard discussed. I don't really know how I feel about taking a high-priced free agent like Roger Saffold, who plays so well at left guard, and moving him to left tackle, but I guess it's on the table. We will see what the Titans decide to do going forward. And speaking of going forward, it is time to get into our tick-tack four-pack, breaking down the foremost impactful plays from the game against the Ravens from an X's and O's perspective. So step into the film room with me next. Remember, I will be posting a visual breakdown to go along with that on Tuesday on my Twitter account at Tic Tac Titan. So make sure that you follow me there. But before we get into that Tic Tac four pack for this week, I want to tell you guys about Axon Tasers. Protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. And the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment, or in your purse. Yet, they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risk for you and those around you. And even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser's products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code NFL, spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is time for this week's Tick Tack Four Pack, where I break down the four most impactful plays from the previous week's game, this being an overtime victory over the Baltimore Ravens. So, going to break down the four most impactful plays from that game from an X's and O's perspective. So, let's step into the film room for another Tick Tack Titans film breakdown. Before we do, want to remind you guys coming up this week on the Locked On Titans podcast, I know that it is Thanksgiving week, but there is no way that I am going to let you guys go without five podcast this week. But as for what we will be doing each day, right now it's a little up in the air. So usually we have a crossover Thursday episode, but that does require me linking up with another host from another podcast. And with the holiday season, linking up on the night before Thanksgiving 
can be very difficult. So there is the potential that me and Evan Sidery from the Locked On Colts podcast could record on Tuesday night, and that would be out for you guys on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I would do some of my rewatch content. Or if Evan is too busy, it's easier to record a podcast on my own time with just me. So I know that I'll be able to put one out for you on Thursday, whether that be a crossover conversation or just some schematic deep dive stuff, talking about what I'm thankful for and have some fun like that. But If for some reason Evan is busy with everything going on in his holiday schedule, which could be the case, no problem there, nothing wrong with that, then tomorrow on Wednesday we will do our rewatch Wednesday, and then Thursday I'll just do some some fun Titans-related stuff with you guys. So make sure that you don't miss that. Remember, Friday, no matter what, will be our game preview with keys to the game, players to watch, fantasy gambling, injuries, prediction, everything you could want. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you stream so that you don't miss any of that. But let's dive into this week's Tic Tac 4-Pack Play number one. There is two minutes and 54 seconds left in the game, in the fourth quarter. It is a critical third and 10 on the 14-yard line. The Titans just took a sack and lost eight yards. They have to score a touchdown here to be able to stay in this game. A field goal just will not get it done, and it will give the ball back to the Baltimore Ravens, just can't have it. So the Titans have to score. They have to find a way to get this ball in the end zone on a critical third and long. And let's talk about what the Titans did on offense here. So the Ravens had been playing tight man coverage. They'd been blitzing up the middle and running exotic blitzes with their linebackers all day long. That's the formula against the Titans is play that tight man coverage, disrupt the timing, see if you can get pressure on Ryan Tannehill with a banged up Titans offensive line with, at this point, Aaron Brewer at left guard and David Questenberry at left tackle. So that should be the plan anyways, but it's something that teams have been copying. Well, here's what the Titans do. They go with a trips bunch on the left-hand side. They motion Jonu Smith over to the left-hand side, and they have Corey Davis on the outside in the bunch, Cam Batson on the line of scrimmage at the point of the bunch, and then Jonu, of course, motions over and takes the inside spot of that bunch. And the reason that they do that is when people are running tight man coverage, if you can run a bunch and you can have, you know, confusing releases by the three wide receivers, then you might be able to confuse the defense on who's got who. But the key here is on the other side, they have an isolated matchup on the right of AJ Brown against, I do believe this is Marcus Peters. So, What the Titans do here is they're trying to run that bunch combination on the left-hand side, but the play is really set up to isolate A.J. Brown on the right and give him space. A.J. Brown runs a five-yard in route, and that's shorter than the sticks, which this is a a 10-yard completion that is needed for a first down. But if you get the ball in A.J. Brown's hands... He's maybe able to make a play. That's what the Titans' weapons do best. So the next part of this play that's important is the offensive line and the pass protection. As I mentioned, the Ravens do bring a pressure here with five man. They bring a linebacker on a blitz to go with that man coverage in the back end. And Ryan Tannehill recognized it, but also Jeremy McNichols, who didn't have the best day in pass protection yesterday, he recognizes it, stays in the pocket, picks up the blitzing linebacker, the five offensive linemen handle the other four Baltimore Ravens rushers. That gives Tannehill time to complete the pass. And after that, 
Not a lot to break down schematically. This is the point in time where we talk about scheme. Arthur Smith put a bunch, a trips bunch on the other side, isolated A.J. Brown, gave him time. They slid the protection to the left, had Jeremy McNichols on the right to pick up the blitzing linebacker. That's all schemed up stuff that Arthur Smith did very well. But from at some standpoint, as Mike Vrabel says, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. A.J. Brown, Arthur Juan Brown, is an absolute stud, one of the best top 10 wide receivers in the game. He gets the ball on the five-yard end. The initial guy who's guarding him, he does a spin with him on his back. That momentum that he creates on the spin not only spins off his defender, but allows him to go from the middle of the field towards the sideline. He breaks through two more tackles from Ravens defensive backs before he powers through Ravens starting linebacker Patrick Queen into the end zone with a little bit of a push from Jeremy McNichols. The Titans go up in this game, 22-21, to they nail the two-point conversion on a Ryan Tannehill read option and go up 24-21. to We are going to move to play number two, the second play that I want to talk about in this week's Tic Tac 4-pack. And we are going to go to the Titans stopping the Ravens from scoring a touchdown at the end of the game and holding them to a field goal, which sends the game into overtime. And I want to talk about two plays here, the final two plays for the Titans defense, the second and six, and then the third and six. And it's pretty simple to break down here. The Titans are playing man defense. It's what they did against the Ravens all day in the red zone, and the Ravens went one for four in the red zone, so it was critical that the Titans played good man coverage, and I'm not going to overcomplicate things. The Titans come out in nickel. Well, actually, it's kind of a, a pseudo nickel where they go with three safeties, three defensive backs, four D linemen, and one linebacker. So a a, a kind of an adjusted personnel grouping there in nickel. But Will Compton is the only linebacker. Evans is off the field. Joshua Kalu is in in his stead with Bayard and Amani Hooker. And then, of course, the three corners of Borders, King, and Butler. But the Titans just play great man coverage here. In this second and six, the Ravens have three wide receivers to the right-hand side. Andrews in the middle. I guess it's a tight end, but three receiving options in the Middle of the three in the outside slot is Willie Sneed. The outside is Marquise Brown and Desmond King, the Titans slot defender, of course, is guarding Willie Sneed. They try to run a quick slant to Willie Sneed over the middle and Desmond King just plays great one-on-one defense. It's crazy how the Titans secondary has improved after the moves that John Robinson made earlier in the season, but they go to Willie Steen, a great pass breakup by Desmond King, just a one-on-one play. Next, the third down and six that got the Titans defense on the field and got the Ravens kicking team on the field. The Ravens go again with three receiving options to the right-hand side, but they have a stack with Marquise Brown in the slot and then Mark Andrews right next to him. And then they bring another motion man, Willie Sneed, to the right-hand side to the outside. So now they're matchup hunting, basically. They got Desmond King on Willie Sneed outside. Lamar likes to throw over the middle of the field. So they've removed Desmond King against Willie Sneed, which matchup advantage to the Titans. They have Malcolm Butler on the other side of the field away from the three receiving options. He's going to take away Des Bryant, so that's advantage for the Titans. So the Ravens are trying to attack the 
two guys that are in the stack on the inside right, and that is Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Well, the Titans are going man coverage with Amani Hooker against Mark Andrews, and then they have Breon Borders one-on-one against Marquise Brown. They have two safeties who are helping in zone coverage and Kevin Byard, and then Joshua Kalou, and then they're going to take Will Compton and have him play one-on-one man coverage against J.K. Dobbins, who's the running back in the backfield with Lamar Jackson. So, once again, not a lot of schematic insight I need to give here. The Titans just play excellent man coverage. Imani Hooker gives a little bit of a window to Mark Andrews right at the beginning, but the Titans get some initial pressure, and you got to give credit here to Derek Roberson, who puts that initial pressure on Lamar Jackson, disrupts the timing. He misses Mark Andrews going open over the middle, and then after that, it's backyard football, and one of the best backyard football players in the NFL is Lamar Jackson inside this Ravens offense. Derek Roberson continues to put pressure on, which forces Lamar Jackson to roll to to his right, and again, great man coverage. This is called a plaster, guys. That's what NFL teams call this is plaster. When the, the play breaks down, the quarterback scrambling, backyard football like I called it, Whatever the coverage is, just find the man that you're closest to and plaster to him. Stick with him no matter what because it's a scramble drill at this time. Throw the coverage scheme. Throw whatever the play call is out the window. This is backyard football now. I got this guy. You got this guy. The quarterback scrambling. What are we going to do? And the Titans defense and specifically their secondary steps up. Lamar Jackson is forced to roll out to the right, throw this ball out of bounds, forcing a field goal for the Titans. Forces overtime. And we are going to talk about overtime. But real quickly, both of these plays highlight how the Titans' secondary has gone from the biggest weakness on the team that was literally killing their opportunity to have a good game plan each week to one of the biggest strengths on the team. It's miraculous bringing in Desmond King, the trade for Desmond King, bringing in Breon Borders and giving him an opportunity after being on the practice squad has totally changed the ceiling of this defense. And in the second half, we finally saw the Titans get back to playing the type of football we know that they can play. But speaking of the second half, we are going to get into the second half of today's Tic Tac 4-pack here and dive into some plays that took place in overtime. From the geniuses that brought you the best tasting protein bar ever with Built Bar, now bring you the best workout gel with Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. The workout gel comes in easy to take 1.5 ounce packages. You can easily put them in your briefcase, your golf pack, even your pocket, your backpack, whatever you take with you. It's like a five hour energy, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's all natural, so it's better for your body. It's like you drink a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine, but better results. Of course, the people over at Built are going to give you delicious flavors. They have three for the Built Go Energy Gel, the peanut butter honey, the chocolate coconut, the chocolate mint. And why does Built Go work so well? Well, Built Go combines that energy gel with collagen protein. And collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system quick. It's easy on your stomach. It also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So this stuff literally makes you look better. It's also loaded with a ton of other great stuff like beta alanine, B3, honey, that kick a caffeine, 10,000% of your daily dose of B6 and B12. Make sure that you visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go!
the Tennessee Titans, we are going to have a fantastic second half of this Week 11 Tic Tac 4-pack. Let's continue breaking down the four most impactful plays from the Titans' victory over the Ravens. Remember, I am going to have a visual breakdown to go along with this audio breakdown on my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans. Make sure that you're following me there. I don't understand how you could listen to this show on a, uh, a decent basis and not follow me on Twitter, even if it means creating a Twitter to follow me there. It is worth it for the visual breakdown to go along with this. But we talked about the two plays in the fourth quarter that led to the Titans' overtime opportunity. Let's talk about how they took advantage of that overtime opportunity. Play number three. It is second and eight. Baltimore has the ball on their own 27-yard line in their second play in overtime, 924 left in overtime at this time. And this is a critical play for the Titans to get the Ravens' offense on the field that had just got done driving the ball all the way down and getting a field goal. And what I want to talk about first is the Titans' alignment here. So what the Titans did a lot of on Sunday was a 3-3-5. So they would have three linebackers out there, three defensive linemen, and then five defensive backs. In this case, they have Daquan Jones, Tyre Tart, and Jeffrey Simmons. They're playing a three down with Daquan on one tackle, Simmons on the other tackle, and then Tart as the nose tackle. They have three linebackers in the game, Harold Landry, Will Compton, and Rashawn Evans, but Harold Landry is standing up like the Titans are playing a 4-3. Now, you're asking yourself, if they're playing a 4-3 alignment, who's the other defensive lineman? You only mentioned three. Well, they're using Desmond King, the slot cornerback the fifth defensive back on the field, and they did this all day long, and it gave Harold Landry opportunities to blitz, not from the line of scrimmage, but from the second level, which caused problems for the Ravens' offensive line, and Desmond King, because of his versatility and his physicality, actually not only lined up as a defensive end in 4-3 alignments with the 3-3-5 package out on the field, but he also lined up, what they would do is they would put Harold Landry down to have a standard four-man defensive line and then kick Desmond King up as that linebacker. And what it allowed them to do is it allowed them to keep a good pass coverage personnel grouping out on the field, but not sacrifice run defense. And we saw that here at second and eight. The Ravens probably would run the ball, but the Titans are able to get pressure when it turns into a pass. So first off, let's talk about what the coverage is. The Titans again, what have they been running all day? Man coverage. The Ravens don't have anybody who threatens you in terms of a one-on-one matchup. Des Bryant is is in the twilight of his career. He's not going to beat you know, Malcolm Butler over and over again. I thought Butler did a good job on him. Marquise Brown is fast, but he's not a good route runner. Mark Andrews is a problem, and he gave the Titans problems all day. But outside of that, what what do the, do the Ravens really have that scares you? So the Titans run man coverage here across the board. They do a great job of closing off every possible window, except Mark Andrews is open at the first down marker across the middle of the field. His man in man coverage is off of him about three yards, so he has good separation. The problem is Amani Hooker is playing deep safety, and he's actually in a cover one zone here, but what the Titans were doing is because they're not threatened by Lamar Jackson's deep ball, they were having their safeties instead of playing deep, just play it about 
10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Take away anything underneath, over the middle, intermediate routes, where Lamar Jackson likes to operate. So the Titans did a great job of not being worried about the Ravens going deep. The one time they tried it turned into an interception for Amani Hooker. So the Titans weren't scared at all by the Ravens' vertical passing game. In return, they brought their safeties who are in zone up to take away middle routes. Lamar Jackson looks over the middle. Mark Andrews is taken away. He looks for Willie Sneed. Desmond King has him wrapped up, but also Rashawn Evans, who's in a little bit of an early zone, has him taken away because he's playing up close underneath. Then from the coverage, Lamar Jackson has nowhere to go, essentially. Everyone's taken away. His two primary options were taken away by the zone defender and the man coverage. Great job by the Titans there. Marry that with the pass rush. The Titans do run a five-man pressure here. It's a delayed blitz by Harold Landry and Will Compton from the linebacker position. So they blitz those three initial down linemen, Simmons, Tart, Jones, and then they run a delayed blitz. Compton comes in first. And then Landry, who's playing stand-up outside linebacker on the right-hand side of the Titans' defense, waits a split second before he darts in. The Ravens' offensive line and running back J.K. Dobbins both fail to realize it in time, which gives... Landry a route to Lamar Jackson. He takes advantage and gets him down for the sack. It sets up a third and 17, which the Ravens basically punt on third down by running a short screen to Dobbins, which the Titans easily sniff out. Results in a punt for the Ravens. Gives the ball back to the Titans offense and, well, let's get into play number four. So the Titans drive down the field. They don't even face a third down. The Ravens defense is absolutely gassed. The Titans have been bullying them the entire second half, wearing them down with physicality and we see the final knockout blow with about six minutes left, about five minutes and 30 seconds left in overtime with the Titans on the Baltimore Ravens 29-yard line, about 30 yards out. They give the ball to Derrick Henry on first and 10 and let the King crown the game. So it's an outside zone run to the left-hand side. You got to give credit here to David Questenberry. Questenberry getting a nod there. They're running to his side in this opportunity in overtime. So you got to give him credit. So first, initially, Jeff Swaim, Jonu Smith are on the left-hand side as well as tight ends. They do a great job kicking out. Jonu kicks out the first edge defender. Swaim gets up to the second level and kicks out the defensive back as Derrick Henry approaches the left-hand side. Quessenberry does a great job, a phenomenal job, of getting the hook block on Derrick Wolf. So basically... Derek Wolf is on the side that Derrick Henry's running to. Questenberry is able to take a left-footed step, get his shoulders in front of Derek Wolf's shoulders, shoulders and turn him, which basically puts Questenberry's body in between Derek Wolf and Derrick Henry. And Henry is able to get by Wolf's little arm tackle. You look up the field, and Nate Davis here. Nate Davis, this is where he makes a great play. So Swaim and Jonu Smith have excellent blocks on the outside. Ferkser even gets down the field and has an excellent block on a safety. We saw David Questenberry make that beautiful hook block to get... So with those, Jonu Smith and Swaim on the outside and then Questenberry doing the hook block on the defensive end. That gives Derrick Henry that lane 
to get through. He gets down the field. He's about five yards down the field, and then he cuts it back into the inside. So as Derrick Henry is going to the left-hand side on the run, the Ravens defenders on the right-hand side are obviously starting to flow over to the right to try to help out. Well, they flow way too far, and every Ravens defender is on the left-hand side of the middle hash mark. So that's not great that you know more than two-thirds of the field doesn't have a single defender on it. Well, here's where effort kicks in and being a great teammate. Nate Davis on the right-hand side works up to the second level as he's supposed to do, and the idea is he's able to cut off a backside linebacker. Well, that backside linebacker flows so far over to the run side, like I just mentioned, that there's no way Nate Davis is going to be able to get in front of him and shield him away from Derrick Henry. But Nate Davis realizes that the linebacker has gone too far to that side, and instead of trying to get in front of him, he just washes him that direction, and that, my friends, is what opens up the cutback lane for Derrick Henry. Now, we also have to give a shout-out to Khalif Raymond, who was the wide receiver on the opposite side of the run. He comes all the way across the field on the second level and gets a seal block on Raven safety Chuck Clark, who, along with the linebacker that Nate Davis blocked, had flowed way too far over to that side of the field. Khalif Raymond doesn't have an incredibly physical frame or anything, but he uses positioning to get in the way of Chuck Clark. Clark realizes what has happened, doesn't even attempt to turn around and chase after Henry. Henry takes it the next 15 yards to the house. Game over victory, Titans. Derrick Henry owns Baltimore. What an incredible game. What an incredible victory. What an enjoyable football experience. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown as much as I did. That's going to do it for this Tic Tac Tuesday, this Week 11 Tic Tac 4-pack. I'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow. Could be a crossover conversation. Could be a rewatch Wednesday. A little bit of a mystery box for your Thanksgiving week. Hope you guys tune back in. Hope you subscribe and follow me on Twitter to check out the visual breakdown that I work so hard on as well. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. <laughs>